Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Struggling to find the perfect vacation home? You keep getting lost online, going down these rabbit holes like I do, Uh, like surfing dog videos, Wikipedia, things about stuff you don't care about, all sorts of stuff to get lost in online. Guess what? You need Verbo. They do the hard work for you, matching you to the perfect place to stay every time from condos to cabins, places with yards, grills, or hot tubs. They've got it all. Search VRBO in the App Store to download the Verbo app today and put a stop to frustrating vacation searches. Let Verbo find a home that matches you. The creators of the podcast Mitch <clears throat> Sorry, Jared. The creators of the podcast Mitch Oh my god, Mitching. I'm Jared, I'm so sorry, but I'm also so tired. Okay, one more try. Before I delete this file. And you never know this happened. The creators of the podcasts Missing Richard Simmons and Surviving Y2K are back with a news story. It's called Running from Cops. We all know cops. Everybody remembers that show Cops? It's the show that films the worst days of people's lives. Remember that one? Turns it into hit television. Since the 90s, this show, it's on a loop. No one really wants to seem, seems to want to talk about this show though, right? Guess what? Dan Taberski tracked those people down. You remember Dan, Missing Richard Simmons made such a splash. Dan Taberski tracked down the people from Cops. He recorded their side of the story, uncovered the darker side, the making of Cops. This is fascinating to me. And I'm sure it's fascinating to you too. What a good idea. Running from Cops explores how much Cops has shaped our criminal justice system and the public opinion of the police. Listen and subscribe to Running from Cops right now in your podcast app. Hello to everybody who has conflicted feelings about karaoke. Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hi, everybody. It's Chris probably are going to be able to tell that the audio quality of this intro and the ads today are, are a little different. I'm recording them from home. Hey, the intro to this one might be slightly longer than your usual intro, but I think you're all going to like why. So don't use that 30-second skip button today. First, I want to say thanks to everybody who left ratings and reviews, who subscribed on Tuesday. You could all see, we started out like between 120 and 130 on the, uh, on the comedy podcast charts. Got up to number 50 in a day. I said, I bet we can break the top 50, and very on brand, we came in right right there, right at the bottom rung of that ladder, but we did it. It was awesome. It's all thanks to you guys. Thanks for doing that. Did make me laugh hard. Someone in the Beautiful Anonymous Facebook group said, why is this in comedy podcasts? Which brings me back to the old days when we launched the show as a comedy podcast. And sometimes it's still funny, but it's gone in so many different directions. And man, am I proud of it. Proud of that. Now... This was supposed to be like a Jerry Lewis telethon type thing. I had all these posts planned where I was going to plug it throughout the day and do Facebook lives and really try to rally the troops. I bet we could have gotten up uh, way better than 50, but everybody knows, I think, that uh, Beautiful Anonymous posts at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
That's what time the episodes get uploaded. That's when they're available for you guys to download. Well, guess what? Around 2.30 Eastern time, Tuesday morning, my wife's water broke. And I'm not going to... It's funny. I'm sure I'll be talking a lot about being a dad on the show. And I've already, I already have. I, I'm, I'm really protective of this little guy. I don't want to just make him a spectacle. But so many listeners have reached out and been so nice and talked to me in person at my live shows. I just want to let you guys know, baby has arrived. Caleb David Gethard is here. 3.38 a.m. on April 17th, he showed up. I was cradling Hallie's head while he emerged into the world. It was probably the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's no exaggeration. It was shockingly amazing and beautiful. And my wife is so incredible. My wife is healthy, up walking around. And uh, the whole thing was amazing. And now this little dude is here and I've never been more tired than I am right now. And I once walked across the country as part of a comedy stunt. Once walked across America. This is more exhausting. I'm five days in. This is more exhausting. It's wild, but he's so perfect and so incredible. And uh, I thank everybody who has sent their well wishes. And I thank so many people. I was out at these live shows. People were knitting hats and booties and, and giving me gift certificates. And I am not asking for that. I am just saying thank you because this community is a strong one and amazing. It's just so amazing. I get to look this little kid in the eye. Right before I recorded this uh, intro, he took a poop on me. He did. He took a poop on me right before I introduced it. And I loved it. I loved it so much. It was so cool. Okay. This week's episode was really fun, really eye-opening. It is someone calling from outside of the borders of America, which I always love when that happens. I'm not going to say where in the intro because uh, the, the caller challenges me to play a game of guess the accent. So I'll let you do the same thing along with me. When we get there, though, it's a very cool country. A country. It's funny, especially being an American. I feel like there are uh, a huge communities of people who are from this country, um, either immigrated directly or first generation. Um, I have many, many friends of this background, and I've heard so much about this place. I know some of the more popular figures in culture who uh, come from this place, but I didn't really know as much about it as I thought I knew. It's complex. It's layered. It's religious. It's conservative. The caller is not. The caller has to kind of reconcile those worlds. It's such a cool call. Such a cool call. Such a glimpse into yet another corner of the world. Beautiful Anonymous. We take you to every corner of the goddamn world, one human being at a time. Tell everybody. All right. Enjoy the call. Thanks for the well wishes. Love you guys. I've never said love you guys as part of an intro, but I, uh, you know what? I stand by it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host, Hello? Hello? Hi. Hey, how are you? Oh, uh, wait, hold on. My mom's coming up. Yes? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, get the grab. I'm on the call. He got me. Hello? <laughs> Hi. That was the best start of a call ever. <laughs> I'm glad I made a good first impression. So your mom... Your phone's inside your back. Your, it should be with you, Mom. Yeah, because it's... Yeah. Hello? <laughs> Hi. So your mom's breathing down your Hi, neck. Right out of the gate, your mom won't get mom, off your back. She, she's in a hurry. She's 
leaving for work, and I'm just chilling. You're just chilling? Okay. Yeah. That's cool. How are you? How am I? I'm, I'll be very honest. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we do, This is the second call we're recording today, and the first one made me cry so hard. Oh, yeah. I'm a little rattled, and I'm a little mad at Harry and Jared. More Harry for picking it. But it's okay. No, it was actually a really beautiful thing. It's okay. How are you? I'm fine. My mom's still worried about her phone and her... <laughs> and Because she's kind of late. <laughs> <laughs> do you have to go? Like, are you... No, no, mom, no. Like, do you have your mom's phone? Like, are you, is, is that why? Is she like, give me my phone back? And you're like, no, I need it for an hour. Oh, no, no. Um, I'm using a telephone. My, uh, my mom's looking for her cell phone. Got it. Okay, got it. All right. I mean, um, I know it sounds like a very route of, uh, very hectic right now, but also even more hectic is that I just started my job three days ago. Started your my jo- very first job. Your job three days. Your very first job. What type of job are you working? Um, marketing assistant. Hold on. Mommy um, should be inside your bag. Did you put it after you fixed the alarm? Yes, I fixed the alarm. <laughs> Now, because I I know I gave gave it to you. It should be here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Just take your time. Uh, Just take your time. Okay. Stuff from my bag. Okay. I'm so sorry. Mom, can you use my my cell phone instead? This is the best start to a call ever. This is incredible. It's a nice slice of life is what they call this. Yep. Nice slice of life. Uh, my mom's going to kill me. <laughs> I get the sense that being on this call is already leading to a massive amount of frustration for your family situation. I'm going to explain my mom. I'm going to explain to my mom later. and I'm going to say sorry to her. That's fair. That's fair. Although, uh, God, oh my God. Um... I started my job three days ago, literally three days ago, as in um, I handed over my contract and I was like, great, see you tomorrow. And they're like, oh, no, you're starting today. I'm like, okay, I guess. Okay. So so as a marketing assistant, but it's not my cup of tea for like the first two days. I was basically thrown into the mix of like meetings, trainings. And I did not understand a thing. It was like, I was basically asked, uh, during the job interview, they're like, oh, you can do graphics, right? And I'm like, yeah, I can do graphics. And then, oh, God, I feel bad for myself. <laughs> oh, God, I'll just, oh, probably make something special for her. I'm, I feel so bad. Expl- hold on. Before, we can't talk about it. Explain to me what exactly is happening with them. So your mom needs her cell phone, can't find it, want, is, and wants you to help find it, and you just won't, and you can't really explain why? I've been trying to tell her that I, um, <laughs> calling, I'm calling you, and that uh, I can't let go of the phone, and that um, I, can't go, I can't let go of the telephone, but I've been helping her look around, but I know I gave, it, I gave her the phone. <laughs> So wait. I, because I gave her her phone to tell her that, hey, mom, your, your, your alarm's here. She 
uh, we probably misplaced it while while she was sleeping and I was, you know, busy with the computer. It was, uh, the house is a mess. And wait, uh, so does she need to make a phone call and you're on the landline? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Did she find it? No, she she borrowed my cell phone. Oh, she borrowed yourself. So she just needs to make a phone call and you're dominating the phone line. Is that the general issue? No, no. no um, okay, the telephone is different. She's using my cell phone. My cell phone is not, it's not connected. I cannot afford... Cannot afford to sell this this phone call if I use use the cell phone. Uh huh. Okay. Literally. I know this is such a hectic thing, and I know pe- uh, people are going to be judging me, but because like, I'm not helping my mom. I know. I I, I, I promise. No, I feel like people are probably um, getting a lot of warmth and probably giggling hearing you and your mom have an argument that sounds akin to an argument many of us have had with our parents or loved ones, where it's just you know, that household tension argument. I do feel like people are listening and probably going, what is, what is the first seven, this first seven minutes of this is a, uh, is, is just like <laughs> eavesdropping on a, on a mother and daughter as they hash out a cell phone fight. <laughs> yeah. I think that's basically my life, I guess. So uh, you, you live at home with your mom, it sounds like. Yeah, and with other relatives. Other relatives? And it's been seven. Yeah, uh, okay. Okay. I know it's seven minutes in. Uh-huh. Yeah, seven minutes in. And it has been a whirlwind, right? Real roller coaster. Okay. Can you guess where I am from? I've, been, I've been trying in my head. Um, I just want to be clear too. So, and and you're not in America. You're not someone. You're not. You're not someone who's moved to America and calling me from there. You're you're in another country right now, where you grew up. Yep. Okay. Let's see. I'll, I can. T- let me tell you my thought process. So you said mum initially. You said mum, and I said, okay, is this is this uh some place that has at some point been colonized by the British because of the use of mum? That was my initial thought. Yes. But, is it? Am I on target there? Yes, but you'd be surprised as to why. Be surprised as to why. Okay. Because I will tell you, initially, I was almost wondering if we were on in the South Asian part of the world, someplace near India. There? What's that? No. 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 And then I... I- then I was thinking Europe. Then I almost started... I have a friend, um, someone I'm friendly with, a comedian named Sophie Hagen, who I'm a fan of. I met her in Edinburgh. And she's from uh, more someplace a little more northern Europe. And then I started to feel like you almost sounded like her. Are you in northern Europe? No, I'm in Asia, man. You're in Asia. So my initial Asia instinct, but not South Asia. You said, correct. Not, you said not South Asia. Yeah. Are we talking Singapore? No, but near. Hong Kong. Are we talking Hong Kong? Here's, okay, final clue. Uh, my ca- my country has been briefly mentioned in Beautiful Anonymous multiple times, but no one has been there. Uh, has no one has been the first caller, and I am so glad to be the first caller. Okay, do not tell me, Jared and Harry. Let's put our heads <laughs> together. Do you, or I don't know if you know. Oh, you know, you know. So it's a country that's been mentioned multiple times on the show, but no one's called from the show. And it's Asia. Yeah. We've had people call yeah. from Japan. No. Not Japan. You're not in China. Are you in China? 
God, no. <laughs> okay, God, no. That's an interesting. I'm going to note down that I need to follow up why you're, why you had such a. Okay, what other country has been mentioned so often? Not really often, but it has been mentioned. It has been mentioned multiple times. Harry, Harry and Jared just let me know that they do not remember it being referenced on the show. So we, <laughs> I'm flying uh, blind. It's probably in the older, older, older episodes. In the older episodes. And you said I was on to something when I said that some British, there were some, there's some British affectations. Yeah, I'd be surprised. So I'd be surprised. So not one of the obviously British Con- uh, yeah. So we're not talking India, Sri Lanka, some of the ones I know, Pakistan, Egypt? No, no, no. no Egypt. No, Egypt's no, in Africa. Away, yes, Egypt's in Singapore. Africa. Okay, when you were saying Singapore? Singapore. Right Near Singapore. Um, Burma. Uh, yep. Malaysia. Tibet. Really there? No. Malaysia. Singapore. I'm also demonstrating my severe... Lack of yeah. of spatial awareness as far as the globe. So Singapore, Malaysia, uh, some British influence, but surprising. Uh, micro, uh, micro, I don't, Micronesia. I'm now I'm just guessing random Asian countries, no. but we're gonna nail this. You want? I want another clue. You want I don't want to know uh, if the, if all if the next forty eight invaded us, America. America is that's how, that's how yeah. Okay, let me think. That's on how, like, sorry. Okay, let me think because all right, because I would love it but if the true. if the first seven minutes of this call was you bickering with your mom, and then, then fifty three minutes of me unsuccessfully guessing. Yes, I would love that. Yeah. So okay, uh, countries <laughs> that America has occupied, the Philippines. Yes. The Philippines, okay. The British, the British have occupied the Philippines for two years. Okay, and also the spent the Spanish for three hundred and thirty-three years. Three hundred and thirty-three, yeah, much more affiliated with the Spanish. And then what happened? And then was it the Americans pulled some bullshit? If I remember, was it that we helped? Ah, uh, yeah. It was like we helped. Yeah, basically liberate you from the Spanish, yeah. and then we were like, and now you got to deal with us, right? And there's some. I think there's some anger it's over that. Like liberated but it's more of like more like the Spain has you know looked at us and you've outlived your usefulness here you go discount price mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of like that mm-hmm. okay and I will say now I can hear I can hear uh, I lived in do you know um in Queens do you know the neighborhood Woodside Woodside New York no, I Woodside in Queens no, is the part of New York that's known as Little Manila. And I lived there for six or seven oh. years. Oh, that's so cool. Have you tried any food there? Yes. You and I got a lot to talk about now because I'm going to tell you something. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell you something that's going to make you flip out. And we're going to have to explain this to okay. our listeners. I had the pleasure and the privilege of the joyful experience of living in Woodside, which is the home of Little Manila in New York, on the day, yeah. I got to walk past it on the day that the first Jolly Bee was opened on the East Coast of America. <laughs> oh my God! The line was okay. three oh. blocks long. I've never seen anything like when <laughs> Jolly Bee opened and every 
every, I feel like everyone in the entire Northeast of Philippine heritage showed up because they wanted to get that Jollibee going. Jollibee, is it fair to say that it's almost like the McDonald's of the Philippines? Oh, uh, yeah, man, it is. It's, uh... It is. Fast uh, food. Did you order anything there? I've gone there. You know what? I'll tell you. Okay. You and I are going to have a lot to connect about. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite Filipino food and my wife's favorite Filipino food is shared. It is a dessert. It is delicious. It is known as Halo Halo. Oh, my God. Halo okay. Halo. Let's talk about the Halo Halo. Hey, oh, my God. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes. Yes, you are. Halo Halo. Yes. Halo Halo. It's uh, an ice. It's basically ice, condensed milk, and then a bunch of random shit floating in there. That's kind of it. Yeah. Jellies, beans. And, uh, uh, let me just segue a bit, but I've heard like some some place like Coachella is like putting like energy drink and that is just not just just abomination, man. People are putting energy drinks in their hello oh, hello? I don't know. I just heard it in some article. Heard or read in some article and it's just like what's going on? Why are you doing this? Why do you hate yourself? The most controversial thing you'll probably put in there is probably um Extra like red beans or or chickpeas. Yeah, you've got to put the but red the beans. Really... I love the red beans yeah. and then the little gummy squares. Those little nata gummy... de coco. Oh. I think those are nata de coco. Now I'm gonna. They're t- chewy and really good. Now I'm gonna tell you. Yeah. I stopped eating meat, but even when I did, I found that a lot of Filipino food was very uh, pork driven and oh uh, yeah, yeah, chicken driven, and a lot of. Uh, Vinegary taste. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I tell you what I had at Jollibee, and I didn't know what to make of it with my American palate. The banana ketchup, the spaghetti with the banana ketchup. Oh, actually, there's a hu- interesting history as to why it's uh-huh. a banana ketchup. But I forgot about it, so I'm not the best be- best girl for that. But like, uh, we always have banana ketchup. It's alongside tomato ketchup, but we always go for banana ketchup, and banana ketchup is very sweet. Mm-hmm. Extremely <laughs> sweet. And I have a problem with liking sweet food too much. And even I had some trouble handling the banana ketchup. Well, here's the thing. Um, uh, this, during the Spanish era, they used to, um, they basically, one of the main crops was sugar. So it was kind of implemented into our culture and diet. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why it's very sweet. As you're asking for like the, for me, if you ask me, uh, the main, the base culture, uh, the base palette of Filipino food is sour. Mm, okay. And okay. that's also the reason why if you try the spaghetti in Jollibee, it tastes sweet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very sweet. And most of the food, and most of the food in, like a, a good portion of the food in, in the Philippines is sweet. But mostly what we pride ourselves in is adobo and sinigang. Yeah, the pork adobo. Chicken adobo. Oh my gosh, I make a really good pork adobo. You do? Wow. I love this conversation. It's just us chit-chatting about food. Now, I'll tell you something. There's a restaurant that I, Woodside, I lived there for six or seven years. Now I live in Jackson Heights, next neighborhood over. There's a restaurant that just moved from Woodside to Jackson Heights. It's called Papa's Kitchen, Filipino food. And it's famous uh-huh. It's famous because while you eat, while you're eating, you can also do karaoke. Uh, oh my God, yeah. Yeah, we are well known for karaoke. This is a karaoke. I will say this is one of I would say this is one of the stereotypes known worldwide is the idea that people yeah, of Filipino is, background love is. karaoke. Is this true or false? Does karaoke have the iron grip on your culture that we all have been led to believe? You know, Manny Pacquiao. 
I, uh, well aware. I'm a big fan of Manny Pacquiao. I am not, to be honest. <laughs> really? Well, because he's gotten yeah. poli- very political over there, right? I just know him as a boxer, but he's also... Uh, that's, he's, uh, he's, uh, the politics of the Philippines is like Pandora's box, especially when it comes, since, since next, uh, next month, May, is election month for, Senate, for senators. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and um, um, honestly, he's, he, there, he has made um, plenty of plans that are questionable. But let's not go. Not, let's not let's not focus on that for a bit. But he sure. and I remember him endorsing um, karaoke, and most and uh, and usually he's he sings karaoke. And he, I don't know if the if like the uh, the people the main, mainstream people basically like his singing, but I find it atrocious. But the thing is, when you sing in karaoke. Atrocious or not, you're there to you're there to laugh with each other, and you laugh at each other singing terribly. I don't like karaoke myself, that which is probably like a big quest, uh, credibility question with, towards my 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 Filipinoness, I guess. Okay. But okay. Um, I would I would sing um, I would sing a lot of songs with my friends, and it's usually you. It's better if you sing it with with friends rather than sing it alone. And we're also well known for another incident that happened like a few uh, like a last decade, which is called the My Way killings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's well known because um, people end up in in gunfights because or suicides because of singing the song My Way. Wait, what? The like My Fra- Way by Frank yeah. Sinatra. Yeah, gunfights break out. People, so there have been gun. There's been famous killings because the Frank Sinatra song has caused such passion that people have shot guns. Yeah, yeah, it was well known. It was even when I was a kid, I would read like like comedy comics, and they would make they would poke fun on how people would sing it so badly that they would end up having gunfights about it, or that you know it's a well known suicide song. Apparently, that they they remove it. I am so sorry if it's a it's it's a very grim topic. And let's go ahead and pause right there. I just want to say that I uh, I want to apologize for giggling over a story about people dying due to Frank Sinatra songs. It's not a funny thing. I was just overwhelmed. Couldn't process what I was hearing. Hey, I've stopped the momentum right in its tracks. Let's get the ads out of the way. We got advertisers. They got promo codes. Use them. Help the show when you do. We'll be right back. An Aura Smart Frame, selected as one of Oprah's favorite things, is the perfect gift for parents who are constantly asking you to send more photos. With an Aura, you can instantly share photos from your phone's camera roll to their frame. It's magical. So a new family photo appears every time mom walks into a room, instantly brightening her day. You can invite your siblings to share their photos too. It allows for unlimited family photo sharing, so everybody can get on this. You can hold an unlimited amount of memories. Basically, what you do is you wind up creating your own private social network, and it'll help you stay in touch, keep you connected to your loved ones, even when you're miles apart. Seamless technology. It means a simple, stress-free setup. Plus, it comes in a range of styles, from modern to classic to wood. Aura's amazing. I mean, I am in it right now. I am in it right now with the new baby. Everybody's asking for photos all the time. 
and it becomes a thing. I got to text this to this person, email this to this person. No, what if everyone, what if I could just curate my own social network? We all know that a lot of the social networks are great, but they're very sprawling. Strangers get involved. You don't feel totally comfortable sharing pictures of your kids, your loved ones. Curate your own private one with Aura. Head to AuraFrames.com. Use offer code BEAUTIFUL at checkout for $50 off. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Offer code BEAUTIFUL for $50 off. Thanks to all of our advertisers. Now let's get back to the phone call. You know, it's a well-known suicide sound. Apparently that they, they remove it. I am so sorry if it's a it's it's a very grim topic. Wow, but, yeah, I don't mean to laugh, but that's the first I've heard of it. And that song is just kind of like a sort of like a well-known, beloved standard over here, but not something that incites such passion. Yeah, uh, we're very passionate people. Yeah, yeah, we really are. I'm actually very. I'm actually in my friend, my group, in my circles. I'm actually the more the more intense person in the group. Because I'm very overly protective of my friends, and I have like really strong moral standards. So when it when I when it crosses my line, I immediately say, um, "What's going on?" Yeah. So we Filipinos are kind of like that, but also, and ironically, we're very complacent. In what way? So and I feel like, oh my gosh, just gosh, <laughs> um, we're um. So this country is very religious, very uh, Catholic, right? Like Roman, Roman Catholic. So you're so when you mention Roman Catholic guilt, uh, when, you, when you mention Catholic guilt specifically, yes, uh, which I, I do feel the Catholic guilt all the time. I feel the guilt, even though even though I kind of left the church spiritually, mm-hmm. and my mom hasn't doesn't know about that too. Don't tell my mom. I won't. I won't. And I know um, she's she's literally right behind you based on the first seven minutes of this call. So we'll keep that quiet. <laughs> no, she already left. Now, because I've uh, read, it's, I believe it's the Philippines where Catholicism gets very, very intense, right? Like, is, is the Philippines the place where they do Easter parades where people actually nail themselves to crosses? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's coming off around next week. Yeah. And Or this Soon. Is that a common or, thing where men yeah. will actually nail themselves to a cross? Does that happen every year? Yeah, and they would. Yeah, it's called a procession, and I, I don't think it's right. But it's a, a type of procession wherein they would sacrifice themselves through harming themselves, like nailing to the cross, um, whipping themselves. Yes. Yeah. And to the point there's blood, and, then, and it's it, not all for show. It's really for devotion of Christ. There's even like um, the one for Feast for Santo Nino, wherein they would fling themselves to the to the this, to the moving vehicle where the statue is held because they would make they would parade it in in Manila, and they would throw um, towels towelettes and then to people who are guarding the statue so that the people who are guarding the statue would would wipe the towelettes. Uh, wipe the statue with the towelettes and then throw the towelettes back so that they'll they'll have the blessed um, uh, the blessings of Santo Nino. Wow. We're intent with our religion. And is that this type of stuff that you're describing is this on the extreme end? Is this like fringe or is it's this just on the, the Santo Nino part is um, like a lot of people go there. It's like 
like basic tradition, the whipping and the crossing. Uh, has, uh, I remember that the that the archbishop, I, his name is Cardinal Sin, which is very ironic. His name is Cardinal Sin. And, yeah, Cardinal Sin. <laughs> wow. I know. Wow. It, it's like the it's like the pinnacle cherry on top of irony in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. But I think he's good. I don't know. I'm not updated in that part. But anyway, <laughs> um, um, one of the church authorities basically said, um, "We we understand your devotion, but but please know that you know proceed with caution, and it, you know your devotion is is you know noted." Yeah. To see the <laughs> so they basically yeah. said, "Everybody, we get what you're going for here, but you could chill. Everybody could chill out a little bit." Yeah. Which is really weird because the Philippines is really conservative. Yeah, what it a really fascinating is. Place. If, if you want to find a place that that is filled with cognitive dissonance, you can go to the Philippines. Okay. I also want to say too, you mentioned it's conservative. I want to be clear. I I said before I'm a big Manny Pacquiao fan. I want to say that that was as a boxing fan because I do like boxing. But I've yeah. heard, if oh, I remember, no. we cheered on we cheered on him when he's when he's a you know a boxer. Do you know how popular he is in the Philippines back then? I've heard when he, when he was mainly a boxer. You can leave on his unboxing day. The streets are clean. There is no traffic. You can go anywhere because no one's leaving their house because they're watching the match. And I heard that the crime rate during his fights would drop to almost zero. Because yeah, exactly. Because they're so like because they're betting on his game. Yeah. But I do want to say, I, I as we talked about it, and you mentioned the conservatism, I do believe he made a bunch of comments that were very anti-LGBTQ um, people, LGBT. to say the least. I want to say I'm far from a fan of that, obviously. So I should I should also temper oh, God. Oh. temper my love of his fights that I got to watch over the years with the idea that he said some stuff very concerning uh, to me in that sense. Um. Yeah, because it's as a bisexual woman in the Philippines, it's hard to be LGBTQ plus in the Philippines because it's because you're being tolerated and they don't understand the continuance of love aside, aside from the deviant act of sex in the Philippines. Because uh, they think it's a, a weird lifestyle choice, even though they're like, "Oh, I have gay friends, or I have, or I have, you know, transgendered friends." It's it's more of like an accessory rather than rather than understanding us as a, understanding us as an, as an individual. Uh, like literally in my in, in the first three days in my office, uh, my an office mate of mine got a haircut, and she's a woman. I have I have long hair myself. And naturally, you guys, you guys are like on the verge of spring and are enjoying it. We're dying in summer. Mm-hmm. It is hot. It would rain, but it would make things worse because it's humid. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, since going back to the main, the main topic, it is hot. So, you know, most people will have haircuts. And like the thing is... Uh, the most people be like, "Oh, you cut your hair? Are are you LGBT already? Magkitibok ka na ba? Or like saying, "Are you turning butch?" Uh. 
And, you know, I am not flamboyantly gay. And I, I don't, I'm not judging anyone who is. And I am, I'm very happy if they, sh- I'm very happy that they show who they are and, you know, everything else and, you know, showing all of their, 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 their pride for who they are. I, I'm actually very reserved because I feel like, I feel like I would like my love to come naturally and naturally, not naturally blossoming. Like I'm, I'm not forcing myself to be who I am outside immediately because I have so many walls that it takes years of understanding a friend or a person to melt away those walls. And I feel like it kind of has, has gone to the point of, I, you need an access clearance for to know I'm bisexual. You have an access Like those NPCs that are really hard to unlock in a game. Oh, got it. Initially, I thought there was some sort of... Uh like actual licensing system in the Philippines where you have to get clearances <laughs> no. from the government. So you're just making no, no, a reference no. to gaming culture. I yeah, got I'm just giving like metaphors. I, I just, I'm very, I'm a very reserved and guarded person. Yeah. So it's, but you did say that there's a lot of people who will say I have gay friends or that people live flamboyantly. So it's, it's not a situation where people are still sort of forced to live underground in the face of like a very fervent religious conservative culture it's just difficult to to say because i am privileged to live a life where i i can show my truth to people and uh, like for example i told i came out to my dad and he's like oh okay and i'm like but dad i'm bisexual like well that's fine when I came out to my mom, I, I'm even until now, actually, uh, I don't know if I can bring home a girlfriend because I think she's in denial that I'm, I, I, I might fall in love with a woman or someone in between or someone who, who, doesn't, uh, who doesn't live within that spectrum. Because for her, she, it's still, she's still deep into her religion of, of man and woman and that um, homosexuality is a sin, and or bisexuality is a face. Wow! Wow! What an interesting life you found yourself in. I'm really glad I get to hear about uh, this. I am. Um, I am really glad as well. I am very. I'm. I'm glad I can blow your mind. Yeah. So. So yeah, I've actually, um, I I could since I said you know I, I live a privileged life we're in, I went to schools that are LGBT friendly, mm-hmm. LGBT plus friendly, and I also you know partake in those activities. I'll keep it as vague as possible, but the thing is, there's so much traction because the privileged schools are Catholic schools. And though they want to show their progressiveness, how far does their progressiveness go when you're also you're also relying on the the needs of the church? Yeah. So cognitive dissonance. Yeah, as you described. And it. that has been like not only my the school I've been in in certain in like a certain level, but also in previous levels as well. I will be vague that way. 
Mm-hmm. Ask- and, okay, so, yes, your thing? I was going to ask on this topic, um, there's something we haven't mentioned that I would have to imagine yeah. you might not want to talk about, but I have to, I do have to ask, I do know that, I believe your leader is the president, right? Is it president or does it have a different name? Yes, president. He's very. He's known to be worldwide, known to be very a very very extreme person. Oh my god! And very volatile opinions. Is there fear in the LGBTQ community that has he said anything there? Is there any fear that he will? Cognitive dissonance, man. (laughs) This if you if if people are gonna walk away in this phone call, it's me panicking to look for my mom's cell phone and cognitive dissonance in the (laughs) (laughs) phone. So basically, so basically, a lot of people voted for him because they wanted an iron fist to rule the Philippines. And I understand where they're coming from because they wanted, they want discipline and order and things to be done quickly. But the thing is, um, um, there are so many layers through politics in the Philippines that I can't unravel because I'm not, I'm not experienced i'm not um i don't have the authority i don't have the the capability to explain the many layers and facets of it but the thing is it's um he would say one thing and then say and do the other thing which is quite similar to your president so Mm -hmm. imagine say imagine like the western looking filipinos who are like Oh God, that sucked. Well, let's take a look at the U.S. The U.S. Then we're going to the U.S. because of this, and then what happened to your country? And they're like, Oh, 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 this is a bad year. Kind of like that. Yeah. Um. It comes. There's also like territory problems in China, and that he claims he has lots of claims that I will, I will get our islands from from this country from from China, and I will claim it as our own. And then he didn't do that. Uh, he said, "I I I love the LGBT community, but has his way of, of talking about us is very derogative, as as though we're step stools." Um. There, I don't know the exact words, but the thing is, it's you know we're we're looked down upon. We're just we're accessories, and most those things that Filipinos see as in terms of LGBT communities is is it's mostly gay men, gay men who are very effeminate, feminine, uh, feminine, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. both work rather than you know rather than you know, a person like me who's bisexual, I don't care for for a masculine or feminine uh, spectrum. I just want to be who I am, which is I like wearing dresses. I like wearing I like wearing I like wearing pants. I don't really care. I don't really care who I end up with for as long as they love me. But the thing is, what they always focus about, focus on is that it's a sin to be to be with with this with the same gender and same sex. Um, rather than, and that the only people who are actually gay are the gay men. And, you know, there is the, the underlying sexism as well. And there's also that layer, and then there's another layer of other things. You doing okay? <laughs> I'm just learning over and over again in the course of this call that the Philippines 
is a far more complicated place than I ever knew. Yes, um, it's colorful, it's beautiful, but we're a kaleidoscope of danger. A kaleidoscope of danger? Yes, we're beautiful, we're colorful, but by the end of the day, we kind of don't know where to look at, and all we are seeing is pretty colors. And you don't know where, which is safe and which is not. Wow. Now, can I ask? Yeah. Can I? Can I ask you what is what what is the average Filipino's relationship with the United States? Because there's a very strong population oh, here. I've heard rumors oh, we that. Love you, man. Yeah, that's good. Not everybody does these days. But- not as often as today, not not very recently, but <laughs> but that's that that's my side of the coin though. Yeah, yeah. Although the thing is we uh my 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 part of my family actually lives in America. Well this is a pretty common and, thing, right? That there's there's a lot of families. Yes, it is. Yeah. I know it that is. I have um, a, I have a very good friend who uh one of my very good friends in this world, his mother is from the Philippines and I would yes. visit his house and visit his family. Great people. And they had a woman who lived with them who I thought was one of his old... I thought it was his grandmother or his great aunt. But it turned out... It's actually a maid. A domestic worker. Who a was, helper. And, and the exchange yeah. was kind of... It was. A, it sounded like this is a very strong thing in this bridge between Filipino and Filipino-American culture. These And the sense... That what I understood was that the exchange was that she lived with this family and, you know, had all of her needs provided and was paid, but all the money she was making was being sent back to her home village. And she eventually moved back there exactly. towards the end of her life. This, yeah. this is a very common thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is a very common thing. And it's very tragic because that's also like, like the pinnacle of our OFW. And we're in, when I was taught in high school, it, it's called uh, Brain Drain. Because um, all of our skilled workers are going abroad, and all are left, they don't come back until you know they retire, which is far too late for for furthermore in- innovation. But what can you do? You need you need to send the money, and most of the people who are who are domestic helpers or OFWs, overseas Filipino workers, who what? go to different countries. My mom used to be an OFW. I'm not sure what an o- um, OFW. Yeah, overseas Filipino worker. Overseas Filipino. Oh, that's an official designation. I, I've never heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, they, they're usually the breadwinners of the family. Wow. Like my mom, when, I, when she used to work in Dubai. She supported me throughout my, throughout my entire education just by being an OFW in Dubai. So there's a lot of families where the person who's doing the most to pay the rent, put food on the table, is not present for years. Yes. Um, and it, it's a strain to the family. I, I could tell because this is first-hand experience for me because I, my, mom, um, my mom ended her, her work in Dubai in, in, bad, ter- in bad terms. And she had to arrive 
at home, uh, arrived to the Philippines uh, unexpectedly. And the thing is, me and my mom uh, couldn't see eye to eye until until a family tragedy happened, and that we had to. I had to sit down and realize that my mom needs me as much as she she needs me right now, and I have and I have to take care of her as much as she took care of me. I think uh, we can take a break, and everybody take a deep breath. Think about the ways you can support your mom and, and the loved ones in your life. This call's really putting a spotlight on it. Got advertisers. They got promo codes. Use the promo codes. It really does help the show when you do. Listen to what these uh, people have to offer, and we'll be right back after this. With more than 70 sizes, including their signature half-cup sizes, Third Love designs bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Just answer a few simple questions via Third Love's Fit Finder quiz to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Then, thanks to Third Love's 100% fit guarantee, you can wear, wash, and put your bra to the test for 60 days. And if you don't love it, you can return it. Third Love's going to wash it and donate it to a woman in need. I think that's the coolest thing in the world. You get it back, they give it back. They give it to somebody in need. What a cool thing. I think that's so awesome. Just hands down the most comfortable bra you'll ever own. Straps don't slip. Tagless labels. Lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. My wife has Third Love bras. She did the whole process with the Fit Finder quiz. She found it very easy. She even found it fun. And she really likes the bra that she got. It's awesome. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash beautiful right now to find your perfect fitting bra. Get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove, T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E dot com slash beautiful for 15% off today. Thanks to everybody who sponsors our show. Now let's finish off this phone call. Me and my mom, uh, couldn't see eye to eye until until a family tragedy happened, and that we had to. I had to sit down and realize that my mom needs me as much as she she needs me right now, and I have and I have to take care of her as much as she took care of me. And I can't do it financially, but I will have to do it emotionally because she doesn't understand the emotional welfare that she needs right now. Wow. And you mentioned Dubai. Am I remembering correctly? Is it Dubai or Abu Dhabi? Is is, is there not a nation in that region that kind of famously? That's UAE, the country UAE, United Arab Arab Emirates. Is is there? I've been there a couple of times. Is is there not a thing that there's been a ton of Filipino workers brought there for jobs who then don't have the means to get Uh, home? Is that? Am I remembering this correctly? uh, it could happen in UAE, but I think it's more more common in Kuwait and Pakistan. I'm not, I'm not so sure in Pakistan, but I know recently and currently Kuwait, where there's large neighbor like large neighborhoods and and camps of Filipino workers who aren't being employed anymore, but uh, have nowhere to go. Is the, am I remembering that right? I might be misremembering that. I'm I'm not so sure, but um, I don't think that about that. That nearly could have been my mom's experience, and I'm glad that she got home safely. I honestly don't know what I would do without her because yeah. um, she. Um, I don't think we truly understood how much we need each other right now, and why I, you know, I got 
I immediately took the job I got that's, you know, three days fresh because of her. So you can try to and, help provide financially as well a little bit. Yeah. Um, God, this is going to be a road trip, man. Um, my mom's currently working in a BPO. What's that? I don't know what a BPO means. It's a call center job. Okay. I, how many minutes do we have left? <laughs> 17 and a half minutes. 17 and a half. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> this is very, very important. And I need to tell this to your audience right now because it will help my mom. Okay. In her work. Okay. Um, so call center jobs are, are a huge business in the Philippines. Um, here's the thing. For them to be paid more, you guys have to answer the surveys that tell them how is the how is the customer service? Was it satisfactory or not? Don't drop the phone. If you really like the customer service, if you really like the people who are helping you, you fill up the survey and say they're doing great because they'll get paid more. Really? I am begging you. It helps. Yeah, it, because they rely on customer satisfaction to get more money, and that's how my mom's getting her her money right now. So you're talking about this thing where, like, I call because my dishwasher is messed up. And at the beginning, it says, after your, after your call, stay on the line for a short survey. You're telling me, I hang up yes, literally every time. I hang up every, yeah. every single time. You're telling me that I'm taking yeah. money out of the pockets of the people on the ground level employment? Potentially, it, yeah. Oh, well, I feel retroactively bad for so literally every yeah, customer I'm service so experience I've ever had on the telephone. Wow. So everybody listening, beautiful anonymous, stay on the phone and just give glowing remarks. If you want to help the working class. Holy shit, my mom's phone is here. Oh, shit. What? I'm going to owe her big time. I hear I, it. Okay. I hear it ringing. I hear That's it ringing. That's my mom's phone. Wait, what? It's charged. I, I owe her big time. Okay, so it's a good thing I gave you guys that tip because my mom's going to kill me now. Wait, why? Because you told her, get out of here, your phone's not here, you're being crazy, and then you, the phone was there? No, I thought I, I, thought I put, put it in her bag, and now I have a, a legitimate receipt that says, no, you did not, you doofus. Wait, I thought I gave it to her. Oh, my God. But if she called, if she borrowed your cell phone, why didn't you just use your cell phone to call her phone, and then you would have figured this out at the beginning of the call? Oh. Um. Good point. So we were panicking, and my mom was, was waiting, for, was looking for a grab, and I thought that the, the phone was in her bag. So that's that's my case. I understand. I am guilty now. I rest my case. It's I am okay. guilty of charge. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. <laughs> Your mom's gonna forgive you, as you tell. Because you know, the show, our beautiful anonymous has a pretty big audience. You just told about a hundred thousand Americans to fill out the surveys if you want to help people who who need it. I think it's gonna go a long way. I'm never gonna hang up again. It's like three buttons. It takes like 40 seconds. Tops. Yep. Yep. Wow. Oh, God. My mom's phone is here. <laughs> correct oh, me God. if I'm wrong. A lot of cruise ships, tons and tons of Filipino yeah, well, workers, right? Yeah. There's a, I, don't, I don't know much about them. Can I say something? I, I don't know what your opinion is. This idea of OFWs that you've mentioned, you have a phrase for it. Yeah. It seems yeah. I've always gotten a very unsettling 
feeling that it's, I hate to be blunt, but you correct me if yes, I'm wrong. It seems to exist oh. in a state between employment and slavery almost to a strange degree. Um, yeah, I've, I'm very liberal in terms of my thinking I and my preference. But the thing is, um, it kind of is because the amount of knowledge that they're taking from different countries, it's, it doesn't go back to us. It doesn't go back to the Philippines. And the thing is, we're, we're doing this out of survival. We need the money. We need the currency in the other country to improve people's life in our country. Right. Now, the thing is, before you say something like that, I have to tell you that uh, we are technically the most common, one of the most common, more common immigrants in different countries. The thing is, we are looking for places that will treat us better, and your country or other countries treat us better, even though it will mean that we have to do the nitty-gritty work. And the thing is, if our country were doing any better, we would have, you know, you know, paid us better. We have done. We would have stayed in our country. But the thing is, it doesn't matter where we go. It, the thing, the, what matters to us is that what we're we're concerned about is our family and we are taking care of our family and everybody in the world knows and knows truly that one of the best, one of the top priorities for human beings is connection. And one of them is family. Mm-hmm. And, um, we would do anything, anything for family. And that's the reason why, you know, we would be an OFW worker or, or, you know, we would take call center jobs because we need we need the job, and we are willing to do the job. We are willing to learn English to partake in call center jobs, which you need you need basic English to be, to do call center jobs. But the thing is, we we have also this cognitive dissonance in our culture, wherein we must understand Filipino and Tagalog and every dialect in the Philippines, uh, understand our culture, and then we snub people who who understand and are very fluent in English because they're not in love with our culture. But at the same time, English is an evolving language. And the thing is, we can adapt to it. But also, it pro- it's profitable mm-hmm. considering how the world is globalizing. And it's weird because all by the end of the day, we're just working. To, we're just working to keep each other alive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, what I, that's what I was saying. Of like there, there is an unsettling idea to me of someone who has to travel thousands of miles from their home and then every dollar they spend gets sent back and they wind up existing in this almost, almost purgatory where they're, they are making money but it's all filtering directly out of their lives in the service of others and it leaves them with a hard life with a lot of work and and it's so frustrating that you know our government prides themselves with OFW and when you know they shouldn't because that means that resources going away to different countries rather than working within the country to to improve the welfare and the structures in the country rather than you know other countries benefiting from it. We're we're not we're not supposed to be people aren't supposed to be exported. They should be tapped into and and used to its fullest potential. And I feel like in you know, our country 
doesn't understand that, and it hurts so much because we have we're so resilient. We'll we we care about a lot of people. When there are floods in the in the in the Philippines, when there people are knee are neck deep in the water, they would they would look at the camera and say, "Go over there. There's someone who's drowning right now." They're kind of, those work that kind of people. We're prioritizing people who are in need, but also we don't understand that we're also drowning. You get me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're doing such a good job of of sort of verbalizing a culture that we only see the surface level of from my vantage point. Yeah, because most people see Filipinos as uh, domestic domestic worker, uh, the campy gay, gay guy and the campy gay guy or or very subservient. We're not. We're feisty. We're we're we want we want things in life. We want to be better in things. We're we have dreams too, but the thing is we don't know how to get there. And yeah. it's really frustrating. Those call center jobs must be particularly frustrating. Because I would imagine you get a lot of people calling up and it's like, you know, to me I associate call centers with like electronics a lot. And so it must be like you get someone calling up who's like, hey, I just bought a big screen TV. I spent 1200 bucks on it, and I can't even get it to connect to my Xbox. And then the person yeah, on the phone Edward. walking them through it is like, yeah, you sound like you have a real hard... Like, you, must, you must have to bite your tongue so often. And it calls <laughs> it. Like, oh, really? You can't get your $600 gaming system to connect to your $1,200 TV? <laughs> yeah, I get your frustration. And then you're yelling at the call center person, and they're in a country where they're scrambling and hustling to put food on the table and then I'm sitting yeah. here I'm sitting here going, uh, no I spent so much money on this thing don't put me on hold or worse yeah they'll say I want to talk to an American oh and is that immediate like oh, I'm in trouble type feeling oh no they just some people are just like oh I know you're not you're you're an outsourced company I want to talk to an American yeah yeah. Yeah. It's weird. This is a weird world. Weird world we live in where people are commodities. People are commodities. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, it's uh it's weird. And then you 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 see how people can grind themselves to to show so many potentials, so many resources and you're and and you just see them as, you know, inventory. It's not fair. It's, also very, it's very strange that we now have a shared global economy and no shared global labor laws or labor standards, you know? Like, an American company couldn't work people for 16 hours in a row. But then we can contract... We can contract work. We can contract companies that do that in other countries, and that's fine. It's that seems like a loophole that we should just close. Like, yeah, it is, and it and it's been terribly abused in the Philippines and other you know com, uh, other you know countries like that because um, certain uh, t- certain uh, uh, precedents back then you know allowed that loophole because we needed we needed the resources from other countries. But the thing is, right now it's. I don't know what resources we have. We're actually good with, we're so good with natural resources that we're being plundered by it, but I don't know. That there's so, there's so many things that that they're just, you know, I know I'm being very political, but God, 
you can't help it considering it's next month. No, and it's good to hear about. It's good because I do think I do think you're right that there's maybe a perception of like. I think maybe in my country there is a perception that the Filipino community is like, oh, those are like a very fun, smiling people, like you said, like. And we are. Yeah, but then to also hear like, no, but there's also like a real foundation of uh, of need. Colonialism, or, racism. Yeah. Racism. It's uh, it's really interesting. It's good to hear. Can now I'm gonna can I ask you? I once read a book on Manny Pacquiao, and it brought up a detail. That I would love to know if this is true in your experience. It said this book sort of had the premise that in the Philippines, fighting is a pretty strong part of the culture. That there's a lot of a lot of reverence given towards fighting, and not to, like also with cockfighting. That cockfighting is a big part. Even said that there's a big yeah. part. It said people bet on horse fighting. Is this true that there's horse fights in the Philippines? Um, animal gambling's technically not allowed anymore, as I as I know. Okay. But the thing is, you know, technically, right? So there's underground horse fights. You're telling me that there is not. You do have probably, some knowledge. Probably, probably. You would assume that there are probably. underground horse fights. Horse fights. Well, okay. Now that I've asked my dumb question, let me get back. This generation of OFW workers that has taken yeah. to the world to send the money back. Do you think it will affect permanent change? Like, do you think your generation will have a better life or is this going to become a cycle? What's what's the sense? Oh, here's the thing. You know how, like, um, you you guys with your, um, with your college tuition fee and you guys have your, like, um, you you guys have, like, college tuition fee loans and you're, have, you're trying to pay that back? Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, our parents in the Philippines will most likely pay our, tw- our college tuition fee. But the thing is, the way we're going to be paying back our college tuition fee to our parents is through emotional support and, and emotional guilt. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Yeah. So, so I, it's a different kind of economy. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I, I, I don't know because most people, uh, most people in my generation, they seek out different opportunities abroad because they want to get out of the country. And even my father's been telling me, get out of the country, even though ever since I was little. And I'm just like, why would I want to get out of this country? (laughs) Well, you know, there's so much culture. There's so much identity. There is, I, I want to stay here because it's who I am. Everybody who everybody will wander away from their country, but will come back to it because they want, because it is who they are, and they want to know who they are. And as an artist, as a writer, I feel like I need to understand my country and myself to do that. You're kind of a badass. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be honest. I'm be honest. Those first seven minutes—that was just you uh, and your mom snapping at each other about a phone. I would not have predicted that you're such a deep thinker and a badass. And now we got two minutes left, <laughs> and I'm realizing that you—you uh, you think hard about yourself and I, how to be who you are and how to represent your nation and embrace the values it gives you. I didn't see that coming based on those first seven kind of disastrous minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. 
the the interesting thing is like in those in these last two minutes you don't really know much about me. Yeah, you've told me a lot about the world and your country and everything, and now you're dropping that you're an artist. Yeah, I know that you're someone who lives as an LGBTQ artist in a place that doesn't necessarily embrace those values. We got a minute left. Okay, minute breakdown. You say, I don't know much about you. What are the bullet points I need to know? In one minute. Um, I love my friends deeply. I kissed a, I kissed a non-binary person just to know, just to know what kind of, how to feel kiss and how to fall in love. I, I have fallen in love but uh, got turned down by a transgendered man, and I, I'm still in love with him, but in, in, a, in a familiar way. I have a dog named Andy, and he's, he's, uh, I, am not a, I am not a dog person. Yeah, me but neither. I, I care for him deeply. Yes, right? I, I, I care for him deeply. I have like a bunch of work to do, and I... Once I went to a result, I went to a national hero cult religion and took pictures there, and I will send you pictures soon. Of a I cult? Could. You once visited a cult, and yeah. you'll send me pictures and of I was, a cult. I was, yeah, and ah, yeah, I will. And then uh, going there was basically like a B, a B, a B plus horror, a, a B rated horror movie. My <laughs> entire trip there was just a wild trip of. Am I going to be hunted? I am. Am I going to be possessed? But that doesn't sound right. I'm kind of an atheist, but now I feel like I need to go to. I need to go and see God because I am scared out of my wits, kind of like that. <laughs> this was an amazing phone call, and I hope we get to speak again because we're clearly just scratching the surface. Yeah, man. See you in Halloween, I probably. <laughs> That last minute was just a barrage of teases of things that I wish we had gotten to. I hope that you and I get a chance to talk again someday because we could have clearly gone for a long time. Thank you so much for calling in. And I hope uh, hope everybody, what a, I mean, what a concrete thing. Guys, don't hang up on those phone surveys. Who knew? I'll never hang up on one of those again. Do the right thing for somebody else. Always thanks for calling. Jared O'Connell, Harry Nelson in the booth. Thank you so much. Justin Linville, thank you so much. Shellshack, thank you so much. Want know about me? ChrisGeth.com. Go to Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. Helps when you do. See you next time. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, we catch up almost a year later with a prior caller who lived through some unimaginable circumstances. And this time, it's in person. First of all, being on the show was definitely a major turning point, I would say, in in my life in general. Okay, that um, could be good or bad. No, it was I'm good. It was good. Out. Okay. Yes, yes. It was a very good thing. Um, it, it was a turning point in my grief, even, I would say. I think oh, wow. it, I have friends who um, I made after the tragedy or whatever who also lost children or husbands and things. And they would say things to me that at the time I didn't understand. Like, they would say that eventually, like, the grief um, becomes part of you. Or they would say, like, lean into the grief and... I didn't really understand what they meant by it. And I think what they meant by it is it's kind of like acceptance. And I, 
But being on the show, I think, and just telling my story, which I was so afraid to do, um, it led me to like a path of acceptance, I think. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous.